Greetings in the name of the Triune God. Welcome to the Rural Midwestern Pastor Podcast. My name is David Johnson, and I am blessed to pastor the rural congregation known as Samanach Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us as we explore together how the scriptures declare the good news that God's kingdom has come to us in Jesus. If you'd like more information on our rural congregation, please visit samanachbaptistchurch.org. That's S-O-M-O-N-A-U-K, baptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening. May grace, peace, and everything good be yours in King Jesus. Greetings. Welcome to the SBC Daily Word for Thursday, April 29th, 2021. Again, we're walking slowly, sometimes only a few verses at a time, through the letter we know as 2 Peter. So grab your Bibles, and if you'd open them to 2 Peter chapter 3, it's towards the end of the New Testament. We're going to be looking at verses 3 and 4 of this farewell letter from Peter, whose name that he received from Jesus means rock, because he was the, 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 the hard character upon which Jesus would build his church. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus con- or Peter rather confesses to Jesus that he understands Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then the first promise Jesus makes to Peter, having made that confession, is, one, I am going to build the church upon you because you have made this confession that flesh and blood didn't reveal to him, but that his father, Jesus' father, revealed to him. So Peter, having been the rock upon which the church was built, is now concerned for the church as he faces his own death because false teachers are coming in. And much like Satan tempted Adam and Eve with, did God really say, these false teachers are coming into Peter's community and saying, did God really say Jesus would come again? Did Jesus really promise he would come again? So that issue is finally now what Peter is going to address. So I'm in 2 Peter chapter 3, just two verses this morning, verses 3 and 4. First of all, you must understand this, that in the last days, Peter believes himself to be in the last days with the sending of the Spirit. The prophet Joel says that would come in the last days. So beloved, the New Testament has believed that it was in the last days and the church for its entire existence has believed it was in the last days. So nothing needs to happen for the church to not understand herself to be in the last days. First of all, you must understand this, that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and um, indulging their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since our ancestors died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So what Peter is going to do is he's going to face the difficult question. Peter is unlike many of the teachers we have experienced who who want us to shy away from those difficult questions, who when we ask those difficult questions in Sunday school or in midweek Bible study, 
They seem annoyed by those questions, not Peter. Peter is willing to face head on the question that is causing doubts to arise in his community. He's not afraid of that, so he brings it up. He brings up this question that these false teachers are leading with, the parousia. That's a word that comes from the Greco-Roman world talking about the arrival of a king, okay? So after a battle has been waged and won, the end of that battle and victory is declared with the parousia of the newly installed king. So that's a word that the New Testament grabs to then describe what we know as the second coming. Peter brings this up. These scoffers are saying, where is the promise of his coming? The parousia is delayed and some are scoffing. Notice how Peter describes these scoffers first. They are scoffing and indulging their own lusts. In other words, there are behaviors that reveal a lack of faith in Jesus' promised second coming. But then secondly, there's also words. Their words betray belief in the second coming of Jesus. They say, where is the promise of his coming? It's been, we've been waiting too long. Forever since our ancestors died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So with that detail, Peter hearkens us back to the serpent in the garden. But ultimately, it has been, and we talked about this yesterday, it has been the path of our impatience that the enemy takes to win our souls. Beloved, ultimately, what you and I need to do is understand the promise of 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 that we need to regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. In other words, patience with me, patience with you, patience with the world as it is, is an essential step in our salvation. Beloved, Peter believes that the life of faith is a life of hope, a life of hope that is necessary because it feels as though the promise has been delayed. So beloved, because Peter has that hope, he's willing to face this difficult question. He knows and he names that it, the second coming, has been a long time coming. So he exhorts us, I think, at least in, in two ways to respond to this text. The first is to understand the life of faith as characterized by hope. In other words, Paul says in Romans, who hopes for what he sees. So hope implies that, that, <clears throat> that what we see disturbs us. But then that image of what we see, the world as it is, um, sickness, death, pandemics, violence against African-Americans. These things should disturb us, but if we are people of hope, they don't have to lead to despair. Beloved, one of my most um, significant experiences of encountering the truth of God's word um, in 
film has been my experience of the movie, The Shawshank Redemption. Um, Andy Dufresne is wrongfully convicted of murdering his wife. And he comes into Shawshank prison and it's a place a lot like Egypt in the day of the Israelites. It is a place of slavery. It is a place of abuse. It is a place of injustice. And yet the prisoners around Andy Dufresne in Shawshank Prison understand that there's something different about Andy. There's a scene where much like Daniel and much like Joseph during times of exile, Andy is noticed by the warden, noticed by the leaders, just like Pharaoh noticed Joseph, just like Nebuchadnezzar noticed Daniel. They saw Andy for what he could bring to their movement. So they hired him and, 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 and he did business work and he did, he, did, he did work. And he found himself locked in the warden's office one day and this library donation had come in and that's a whole other story of him getting a Shawshank prison library going. But there was this film of this glorious, I believe, Russian uh, female soloist. And he puts the record on the Wi-Fi and then he puts it up to the microphone. And there is this glorious music that is played <clears throat> all throughout Shawshank prison. And this gets Andy in trouble. And he actually gets put in solitary for two entire months. He comes out of solitary back to the mess hall where he's eating that horrible prison food. And they describe the prisoners how grateful they were for that that break from the monotony and the, and the darkness of Shawshank Prison to hear that glorious music. And that leads to a conversation that they have together about music and Red, played by Morgan Freeman, describes how before he came into prison, he really loved music and he was a good harmonica player. And Andy asks him why he stopped playing and he said, because well, music in here, it just doesn't make any sense in here. And Andy responds with something like, here is where it makes the most sense. We need music to remind us that there are places that aren't made of stone. We need music to give us. And then there is this dramatic pause. And then he says, hope. Hope. And then Red looks at Andy and says, hope has no place in here. Hope will destroy you in here to which Andy just gets up and leaves. And that begins a process for Andy of escaping Shawshank prison, of having his own exodus and his own rebirth. And then near the conclusion of this film, Morgan Freeman is receiving a letter from Andy that, that, that read, played by Morgan Freeman, reads after he's paroled. And Andy says these haunting words to Red, whom he hopes will then find his way to Zahuataneo, Mexico, to join him on the beautiful beaches of that paradise. He says, Andy, to Red, remember, Red, hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. Beloved, may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Beloved, what situation, 
what pain, what space is destroying your hope? What is your Shawshank prison? What is so defeating and dark to you right now that it's hard for you to imagine a world without that pain, without that loss, without that space made of stone? Beloved, hope is a good thing. That darkness, that loss, that stone, that oppression will not have the last word. That is not the only word that is spoken. That is not the only space. All the stolen voices will one day be restored, Bono says. And that's the most beautiful song I've ever heard, beloved. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen.